Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Life of St. Philip Neri by Antonio Galonio, Book 3, Section 34. Some Miracles of Philip. In that same year, 1554, Prospero Crivelli became unwell. And as the disease increased daily, he appeared to be so ill that the doctors all gave up hope. These doctors were Alessandro Petroni, Giovanni from Munich, and Francesco from Lucca, all very skilled medical men. He was accordingly fortified by Holy Viaticum and anointed with oil, for they all considered he was at death's door. Indeed, the priest was commending the dying man to God and the saints in the usual manner and sprinkling him with holy water. When Philip arrived and found all that was going on. So why is it, he began, that I have not seen you for the last two days? The doctors assure me that I am dying and will do so the next time that the fever I have been having recurs. But, said Philip, I have heard that you have made me the heir to your property. I can think of nothing I should like to hear less. So I renounce your inheritance. Give it to someone else. Then he added, And to make you understand this, I am going now to the Vatican Basilica, where I shall ask God to have mercy on you and deliver you from death on this occasion. If I can't obtain that, I shall gladly offer my own life to God in exchange for your life. If I can't obtain that, I shall gladly offer my own life to God in exchange for your life and health, which I trust will bring it about that I get what I want. Having said this, he then prayed, and with tears running down his face, and laid his hands on the dying man, who immediately fell into a sound sleep, astonishing as it is to relate. Philip took the occasion to make his visit to the Vatican Basilica and knelt there for half an hour in prayer, pouring out his entreaties with all the submission of mind he could muster, and wearying God's majesty with his effective prayers for the life of the dying man. Nor was his prayer in vain, for even while he was raising his hands and voice to heaven, the dying man woke from his sleep, having slept for about a quarter of an hour, and discovered that his health had returned to the astonishment of the doctors. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, choicest of priests, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So Saint Philip's been a priest for about three years when the story we just read occurs. Philip is 39 years old, and he's very close 
with this man, Prospero Crivelli, someone that he had, as we heard earlier, had done a lot to bring him to Christ earlier in his life. He had worked hard even as a layman with Prospero. And now Prospero is dying, and he loves St. Philip. He's so grateful to St. Philip. And so he decides he's going to leave all his property to St. Philip. And this does not make St. Philip happy. Now, there's two reasons to, to consider here. The first is that St. Philip was very detached from money, as we've seen. He, he enjoyed having money so he could use it for good things, but he didn't really care about money. He didn't want money. And he knew from the time of his childhood when his father had been bankrupt and had been so eager to make money as an alchemist, that money could corrupt the soul. He knew from his time with his uncle when he was 18 that his life was not meant to be about making money. And he knew from the visions that he had had that he was supposed to live in Rome in great poverty. So Philip had great spiritual motivations and a certain fear of what money would do to him. On the other hand, there's a certain amount of evidence that St. Philip's capital sin was sloth. Now, we can't go into all that right now, but keep that in mind as a hypothesis. And what happens if you are made the heir of someone's will? Well, especially if you have any executive power, it's a big hassle. It's a lot of work. And if there's family members who want some claim on the money or the property, is even more of a hassle. And then there's a whole speculation whether Philip the priest had wor worked his way into the will, had sort of manipulated him. And so whether or not it had anything to do with money, St. Philip had a distaste for the effort and the difficulties of being the heir of someone's will, especially when he, when he wasn't family. And the reason I mentioned sloth is sloth is a kind of sadness about the effort to be close to God. Sloth is a kind of dislike for effort, for work. The slothful man often says, though, that's going to be hard. And it's the hardness, the spiritual difficulty that discourages the slothful man. And St. Philip didn't want anything to do with this will. So much so that he was going to pray, and he did pray, that he would get better. And not only did he pray, but St. Philip was willing to offer his own life in exchange for Prospero's life, just so he wouldn't be made the heir to his will. So let us ask tonight for the grace to not be greedy. The gospel at the, at the English Mass today, the Novus Word of Mass, is about the fact that it's easier to enter through a, the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into heaven. Wealth and money is very corruptive of our spiritual lives. Why? Because it promises us power. It promises us food. 
It promises us pleasure. It promises us rest. It promises us ability to get back at people. It promises us ability to make other people feel sad because we have more than they have. It promises us all kinds of things. And money can be the source of all these kinds of things we can buy. And so we can trust, we begin to trust in money. We begin to think that money will do all these things for us. And if we have enough money, we don't need anything else. And so we have to beg the Lord to take out of our heart greed. We have to take from our heart an over-reliance on money. And St. Peter said, well, Lord, if it's, if it's easier to enter heaven, a camel, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter heaven, who can be saved? And what did Jesus say? With God, nothing is impossible. For man, it is impossible. So we have to ask the Lord that if we have money, to have the grace to make use of it for good and not to be too desirous of it and not to care too much about it, but to be stewards of what we have and to ask for the grace to use the money that we have for the Lord, for his service, for the beauty of his church, for our family, for our friends, for the poor. And St. Philip, by his examples, reminding us that having money, just having money on its own, is not in itself good. Lord, give us a heart that wants to serve you primarily. Give us a heart that can make use of money in the way that you want us to. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.